Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sake Revolution. This is America's first sake podcast. I am your host, John Puma from the Sake Notes, also the administrator over at the Internet Sake Discord. Please do drop in and say hi sometime. I'm also the guy on the show who is not a sake samurai. And I am your host, Timothy Sullivan. I am a sake samurai. I'm also a sake educator. And also, I'm the founder of the Urban Sake website. And every week, John and I will be here tasting and chatting about all things sake and doing our best to make it fun and easy to understand. Fantastic, Tim. Uh, and I, I think, is this, I could be wrong, is this another one of those very special episodes? This is another VVIP episode. Mm, the, okay, all right. And, and Double, double very. Double very. <laughs> no. That's, that is, that is extra very. That's very nice. Yeah. That's very, very nice. Yes. <laughs> we are we are going to be heading again outside of the US and oh. we're going to be welcoming another Japanese sake brewery president to sit down and talk with us. Oh, outside of the US, don't we wish. Yeah. Uh, so that sounds like a fantastic time. Yeah. I absolutely love this series. We've been learning so much talking to Japanese sake brewers and I know we're going to keep this up as much as we can this year. But today, we have a wonderful brewer to welcome. Uh, I'd like to welcome Miho Fujita. Ms. Fujita is the current president of Miyoyashuzo, which was founded in 1897 in Ishikawa Prefecture, Japan. She is not only one of the few female sake brewery presidents in Japan, but she also works hard as a hands-on brewer crafting her sake as well. Now, the representative brand for Miyoyashuzo is Yuho. And this means happy rice. But in Japanese, it also sounds a lot like UFO, which is a nod to the many UFO sightings in Ishikawa. Now, the sakes in the Yuho lineup are generally known as robust and hearty, and they can be enjoyed months after opening. We are so excited to talk to Ms. Fujita today and taste her sake as well. Fujita-san, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about your career path to becoming a sake maker and how did you end up running a sake brewery? As you well know, a sake brewery is usually a family business that is handed down from generation to generation. But for us, it's a little bit different. My father is from Ishikawa Prefecture, but he ended up working in Tokyo, and our ancestors had nothing to do with sake making. I was born and raised in Tokyo myself. About 40 years ago, my father was asked to help out a sake brewery that was going out of business. But at that time, I was working in Tokyo, and I had no intentions of working in the sake brewing industry. As a side note, I was actually working for the American company Mattel, and I was in charge of making Hot Wheels. Wow, I I the the, the I, little cars. Yeah, <laughs> I, I played with those as a child. Did you play with those, John? Oh, of course, yes, of yes. course, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Hot Wheels and uh, Matchbox. Yes. Also. <laughs> Back then, my uncle was working as the vice president at the brewery, and he was about to retire. And so I kind of took it upon myself to start working at the sake brewery. 
Back then, at Mioya Sake Brewery, we only sold regular sake to the local market. My first impression coming here was, oh, I have made <laughs> the biggest mistake of my life and that my life is over. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty bad. <laughs> now, I had no intention of becoming the CEO or the president. Also, I had no friends around here. In the beginning, I was just working in the administration of the brewery, and everyone working here at the same time was much older than me. And in Japan, the sales of futsushu, or regular sake, were going down a lot due to the aging population. And so, like I mentioned before, I was really not interested in becoming the brewery president, but my father asked me to become the vice president, and I was in charge of marketing. But at that time, I was very afraid that we would go out of business. Before coming to Mioya Brewery, I had no interest in sake. I did not know any of the big brands of sake, and so I had to learn quickly by trying a lot of different sake styles and visiting many different sake breweries. Uh, so, so before that, you did not uh, drink sake for, for your own enjoyment? Well, yes, sometimes I did drink sake, but I never checked the labels or anything. So I was probably drinking something that was cheap. <laughs> As I started studying more about sake, I realized how wonderful sake really is. And also, I started to make more and more friends in the industry. I also started realizing that there are really good quality sakes out there, which were becoming very trendy and were selling well in the big cities. Also, around the same time, our former Toji, or master brewer, quit. And so we welcomed our new Toji, Mr. Toshiaki. At that time, we wanted to move on from making a futsushu to something that had much more character to it, something that was new. Luckily for me, the new Toji had a lot of experience and skill and really understood what I wanted. What was even more lucky was that the sake style that I wanted to make and the sake style that the Toji wanted to make were similar. And that was back in 2007. Mm. And that is how Yuho got started. Wonderful. Thank you. So we know you are the brewery president, but most brewery presidents don't don't get involved hands-on with making uh, sake that often. Uh, how did you learn the, the skills to go about doing sake brewing? Hi, know. I was actually more interested in learning about the crafting of the sake than in becoming president of the company. <laughs> and so I took it upon myself to ask the Toji if I could study under him. Wow. So that's really, that's amazing. Now, I have a question about Ishikawa. Could you tell us a little bit about the sake scene in Ishikawa and if there is a regional style for your area? First, you should know that Ishikawa Prefecture is right next to the sea, and we're located on the Noto Peninsula. And also, there is the Noto Toji Guild, which is one of our famous Toji guilds in Japan. There are 35 sake breweries in Ishikawa Prefecture. To be honest, regarding the regional style or characteristics, every brewery is very different. Hmm. But I guess if there's a common characteristic, it would come from the Noto Toji. Ishikawa is famous for its number 14 sake brewing yeast. This yeast is very gentle, and it makes sake that goes well with food. 
But what I can say is that we bring the umami flavors out of the rice using the power of koji. Mm. And that's probably the common denominator. But every brewer will be different. And there are many breweries in Ishikawa that do Yamaha-style sake. That's my impression. Great. So um, speaking of Ishikawa uh, and your sake, we, we keep hearing that uh, Ishikawa is known for UFO sightings. What is up with what is up with the UFO sightings? What is up with the UFOs? <laughs> Have you seen a UFO? It's not actually Ishikawa Prefecture, but it's in the city that I am in, Haiku City, that's really famous for UFO sightings. And there is a science and space museum in the city that is dedicated to UFOs, and they have many UFO conventions there. And once a TV station based in Osaka came to our city to ask the locals if they had seen a UFO. And unfortunately, no one they talked to had ever seen a UFO. <laughs> I get asked all the time if I've seen UFOs before. I always say the same thing. If you drink Yuho, then you probably can see a UFO. Yeah, if you drink a whole bottle, right? <laughs> you should drink a whole bottle, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll get right on it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think if I think if aliens come from outer space, I think if aliens come, I think they're really going to enjoy drinking sake. <laughs> I think so. Hi. So my man. I think so too. <laughs> All right. Well, question about overseas now. Um, what are your views on selling sake overseas versus domestically? And how has the demand of the international market kind of influenced the style of sake that you make? Okay, so our main export market is the USA, but we really don't do anything differently when making sake for the domestic or international markets. We just make it because there is demand and some people who want to drink our sake. So the Toji and I don't think we can differentiate and make different types of sake geared towards different markets. The company that imports our sake to the United States is called Vine Connections. And I was very happy because they actually chose my favorite sake to export to the United States. So right now, we are focused on making good sake, regardless of the market being in Japan mm -hmm. or in America. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. May I add one more thing? Yes. America has a very strong wine culture. And so I believe that in that culture, you are always pairing with food. And I believe that our sake really goes well with food. And so in that regard, I'm always very happy to introduce our sake. So these days we have a lot of sake breweries overseas producing sake. What do you think about that, about people making sake outside of Japan? Uh, is this a competition or does it complement the Japanese-made sake out there? I think this is wonderful. 
日本酒が皆さんに身近になる。I'm hoping that everyone feels that sake is something close to them. I'm starting to realize the brewers overseas are making really, really good sake. <laughs> so they are actually really strong competitors for me. And so I have to up my game all the time. <laughs> <laughs> have you had a chance to try any sake from overseas? Hi. Brooklyn Krawa. Yes, I have. I have visited Brooklyn Kura and I visited twice. And in the second year, they improved so much. I was quite impressed. Wonderful. Now, going back to your sake that you produce, you mentioned that、uh, your sake is very food friendly. Can you tell us in general about your brewing style? For example, We heard you recommend decanting your sake. Can you, can you tell us more? The reason why we chose to do this style is because we are close to the ocean. There are many sakes that really pair well with seafood. The Yuho brand was created 16 years ago. Now, again, I'm originally from Tokyo, and I really didn't know anything about Ishikawa. Our toji is a noto toji. But he is originally from Osaka and he started brewing there. So, regarding our style of sake, you could say that it's made by two people that really don't know anything about food in Ishikawa Prefecture. <laughs> and of course, there are many famous sake breweries in Ishikawa. So, we stopped thinking about making Ishikawa style sake at our brewery. And so, we thought of making a sake that we could drink every night that pairs with the kind of food that we would have for dinner. I was really into pork back then. And so, I thought of making a sake that goes well with pork, and our toji was from Osaka. And so, he wanted a sake that went well with the soul food of Osaka, Okonomiyaki. And as a result, Our sake has a high acidity and strong umami. One type of sake we made is aged for one year. Another type is aged up to three years. Because the acidity is so strong, we have to age them much like wine. When serving, we recommend that you open it up and decant, as this will make the sake taste more mild. And it's better if the sake is not over chilled, as it will be easier to appreciate the taste. If it is a hot environment, then maybe chilling to about 60 degrees Fahrenheit would be a good temperature. So, we have prepared the Yuho Kimoto Junmai to taste together with you. Would you mind introducing the sake to our listeners? Okay, this is Yuho Kimoto Junmai. It was aged for about four years. And the rice we use to make the sake is actually a table rice that is harvested regionally. And we store this sake in the bottle and we actually keep it stored at room temperature. It's when you drink halfway that you start to see the magic. And、mm. at what point do we see the UFOs? <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other half of the bottle. Ah, <laughs>、uh, down the bottle. <laughs> I think when you pour this sake into the glass, one of the first things you notice is the color. Oh, yeah. So, this,、wow. you must have、uh, no charcoal filtering. Is that right? That's correct. 
So let's talk about the aroma first. I think we as Japanese are not good at explaining different aromas and fragrances. So,、uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> Perhaps a slight honey like aroma that comes from aging. Yeah, yes, yes, I was going to say that. When they teach us to assess aroma as a sake sommelier, one of the aromas we look for is aged aroma.、Mm. And it's,、uh, you get that here. You can smell a little bit of the aged quality of this sake. So that's what they teach you guys. That's what they teach us. <laughs> <laughs> And it also smells to me like there's some rice or grain aroma、mm. as well. Like, like, mm, a, like a little、honey. bit of like caramel.、Mm. Could this be considered a koshu or aged on purpose sake? Maybe it can be considered koshu, but I actually don't like the sound of that. So we don't、mm -hmm. call it a koshu style.、Yep. Got it. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Let's give, it, let's give it a taste. Tadakimasu. Mmm. The acid profile is still there, but as it has been resting for four years, it feels more mild. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a、um, bright acidity, but、uh, it is mellowed. I understand what you're saying. Yeah.、Mm. And there's a lot of umami flavors. Mm. Now, I want, I want pork too. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had pork for dinner, and I'm like regretting not having drank this with my dinner because I think it would be perfect. <laughs> it also goes well with vegetables that have a bit of bitterness too.、Hmm. Mm. Like maybe like a,、yeah. a asparag? asparagus or asparagus. artichokes. That、yeah. type of the bitter, bitter green vegetables are very hard to pair with wine. And、uh, mm. I think、uh, sake with a strong umami is a wonderful substitute. This bitterness really goes well with our sake. And I also recommend pairing it with a hard cheese as well.、Mm. And before you know it, you'll be finishing the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now I have one, one more, a little bit more technical question.、Mm. This is a kimoto sake. And that is a more labor intensive way of making the shubo or the yeast starter.、Uh, why, what, why did you choose kimoto, which is more difficult? Why did you choose kimoto over sokujo? So, upon starting yuho, I wanted an aged sake that would be there for three years. Why? I don't know, but I think it's because I had experienced that style of sake at one point at some other brewery.、Mm -hmm. hmm. And I had a conversation with the toji, and I wanted to make a sake that was bold and strong, yet has this lightness to it.、Hmm. And so I chose the Komodo style.、Mm -hmm. But more importantly, both the toji and I wanted to work with Komodo. Hmm. hmm. Is all, all, all your production Kimoto method or just a portion? 
今全体の 35% ぐらいが木本です。No, only about 35% of our production is Komodo. Wonderful. Yeah. And、uh, maybe one more question about temperature. We mentioned decanting before, and that encourages exposure to oxygen. And what are your thoughts on serving temperature for this sake and also decanting? I think it might depend on where you are and the environment in which you are drinking. But I would recommend, on average, a temperature that you would use for drinking a full bodied red wine. When I introduced my sake in Miami and said to serve at room temperature, it was way too warm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, that、I、is, that is the that. room there. <laughs> so maybe drinking it after it's been outside of the refrigerator for 20 or 30 minutes would be good.、Mm-hmm. But if you want to chill in the fridge and drink at a colder temperature, I guess that's okay too.、Mm. Um, you're free to just enjoy it the way you like it. That's good to hear from the sake maker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to be wrapping up with two more questions.、Uh, the f- first question is. What are your hopes for the sake industry in Japan and abroad? What do you hope for the future of the sake industry? With the corona pandemic, it's just been so difficult. So I just want everything to go back to normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in Japan, the younger generation still thinks that sake is difficult to get started with. But I just want sake to be a norm where people don't really have to think about how to drink and that it will become just an everyday part of life. And the same in America. There are so many good sakes out there. And if you don't experience sake, then you're really missing out. <laughs> so I hope people out there really do get a chance to enjoy sake sometime. So our show. Is focused mainly on people who are new to sake and who have、uh, just having their first sips and first getting used to it and they want to learn more.、Uh, do you have any、uh, final messages、uh, for these listeners out there who are just getting into sake? <laughs> you might have a sip and you might think our sake is not your taste in the beginning. It really changes along with the food that you're pairing with and also the temperature. And so, if you're interested in sake, I hope that you change it up a little bit and experience different styles and ways to drink sake. Tim, that's, that, that's perfect for you. Yes, that was actually <laughs> my New Year's resolution this year was to drink sakes that、um, are outside my comfort zone. So, kind of new styles for me. That was my New Year's resolution this year. Uh, Fujita san, thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure to talk with you, and your sake is very delicious. It really、and、is. <laughs> I can't wait to pair it with、uh, many styles of food. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for this great opportunity. Fujita san, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I want to thank you so much for joining us and for answering all our questions. And we are going to be on the lookout for UFOs over Manhattan after drinking this sake with you.、Uh, all right. So I'll meet you on the roof. We'll, we'll do the bottle and、uh, I'll, I'll see what we find. 
I'll bring the tinfoil hat. Bear in mind, there are a lot of helicopters in this area, so that is not a UFO. We can identify those objects. Okay. Well, I'm just going to keep drinking Yuho until I see one. That's just how it's going to go. <laughs> okay. That sounds like a plan well, to me. Again, Fujita-san, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'd also like to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you want to show your support for Sake Revolution, the best way to help us out would be to back us on Patreon. And that's over at patreon.com slash sake revolution. If you want to join us at the $5 level per month, you can get access to our monthly sake revolution happy hour, which is held on Zoom live. And you can talk to us and sip with us. And we can't wait to meet you there. If you want to join us at the $3 level per month, you get access to knowledge two weeks ahead of time, what we'll be drinking, so you can sip along with us when you listen to the episode. And be sure to subscribe to Sake Revolution wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Leaving us a review is still a great way to get the word out about the show. Uh, also, telling your friend right up there. Tell your friends and subscribe to our podcast and then everybody gets our podcast every week when we push it out there on their device of choice without any intervention. And as always, to learn more about any of the topics or any of the sakes we talked about in today's episode, be sure to visit our website, sakerevolution.com to check out the detailed show notes. And I know that you have sake questions that need answers. We want to hear from you. Reach out to us. The email address is feedback at sakerevolution.com. We've also got a nice little form on the website that you can fill out to send us your thoughts. So until next time, please remember to keep drinking sake. Maybe you'll see a UFO. And come by.